Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the Royal Court Zeta of Mu Beta Phi Military Fraternity, Mr. Marcellus Gladney. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, first of all, um, let me say thank you for even reaching out. But it was, it was, I really appreciate the way I really appreciate the way you reached out because you actually do listen to the podcast. You actually um, give me positive feedback. So let me first say thank you for that. Oh, no problem, man. Like I said, um, when I reached out, um, I do listen to your podcast and it's like, you know, it's a, it, it's positive, you know, it's, it, it's a positive type of vibe for me. So, um, you know, a lot of people got, you know, the things they listen to early in the morning and it's like, you know, your podcast is what, you know, I listen to. So, um, and then I could just pull it up and listen when I'm at work. So, I mean, I really enjoy your shows, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, let's start with Mu Beta Phi. Beta it's a military for the military fraternity, correct? Correct. Um, yeah, um, Mu Beta Phi was founded in um, 2017. Um, we had three gentlemen that um wanted to rebuild the community, wanted to rebuild rebuild the veteran community. So um they got together and you know they formed our organization. Um you know, just been around, we just been around going on six, like, you know, six years and, you know, we're growing at a, you know, nice, um, nice rate of quality gentlemen that, um, you know, we're just trying to get back in that community and, you know, rebuild the community, rebuild the veteran community and protect our veterans. Um, the one thing we're trying to do is, um, you know, help our um, homeless veterans. Um, you'd be surprised how many, um, veterans, um, homeless out there are veterans, um, so that's one of our main focus. Um, we also try to mentor the youth. Um, you know, you got a lot of, you know, youth out there that need some guidance. And, you know, we're out there trying to mentor them, keep them on that, you know, that straight and narrow path, showing them more, um, like, especially in the low income um, communities, um, trying to show them, like, you know, there's more to life than what they see on a day to day basis. Okay. So let me, let me say this. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, when they hear, fraternity they automatically their mind automatically goes to party so how would you respond to that um yeah we, you, you absolutely when you hear fraternity or sorority y'all you automatically think like you know frat parties and stuff um we do get together we do hang out we do have a good time but even like with the traditional d9s um there is a um there is another side to it the volunteer work the getting in the community um so yes we do hang out with each other um when we do get together get we do have a good time but we also focus on being in the community um putting work in the community and so forth um so it is a different side that we try to show people that a lot of people don't see because like let's just face it with um society movies tv shows they should show the party side the fun side of it but there's also work that we put in to be you know um a foundation, an organization that's out actually out there helping people. I'm gonna back up a little bit because it, because I just thought of an interesting question to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, before you before you joined before you joined the fraternity, did you know about the major homeless problems the veterans was facing? Yes, um, I did. Um, I had a couple of like you know what was sad. Um, I am former military myself, retired army. Um, and I, I did a, um, 
assignment I was at Fort Lee, um, there were some soldiers that came through Fort Lee, AIT soldiers that came through that couple years down the line. I'm on TDY, probably in El Paso, ran into one homeless. Um, so there, you know, there's a lot of different factors that plays into that. Um, a lot of it, it's kind of sad to say a lot of our um, military personnel do not take the time or they're not informed of the different things that are out there when you're getting ready to retire or ETS. Or there's there's another factor that's going on there that, you know, um, they didn't disclose to anybody. Probably, you know, there was a mental concern, um, many different um, factors. So I did know about the homeless. Um, when I was approached by Mu Beta Phi to join, um, a member asked me about it, started telling me about it. And when they said the homeless aspect of it, trying to help the homeless, it kind of resonated with me because my uncle, um, former Marine, um, a few years back, my mom, get, um, I called my mom to check in with her. I was stationed in Korea and she told me how my uncle was doing, living in a house with no gas, no electricity, almost homeless. Um, and no one knew what to do. VA wasn't given no answers or nothing. So I took leave, went and got him, brought him to California to where my mom was at. And it was just a whole process. Luckily, we found somebody at the VA that helped us, that got him back on track, got him his DD form 214. And, um, you know, from there, he's been doing good ever since. So um, I did know about um, the homeless veteran. It was just like, you know, find the organization or getting them the help that they need. Do you feel like the country does a good enough job in, in combating this problem? Um, I, I really can't, you know, um, say on that. Cause like I said, it's, 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 it's it depends on the um, situation. Um, you know, we do go out on the holidays and feed, um, you know, um, the homeless and we do come across homeless vets and we, you know, I actually sit down and talk with them and, you know, a lot of people don't know there's a lot of veterans that you know it's simple for them just because of how the economy is um um when it comes to rent and other type of like you know bills that you need to survive um they get their va they got a po box and one as one guy told me he said in a way he's just living off the land it's like it's just simple you know not no stress to it don't you know and he he's perfectly happy being homeless staying he got his own little tip his own little setup so um Homeless in general, it just it, it, it just is it is a problem and it just had to figure out um, how can we, um, you know, counteract that. So for 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 people who who actually make a choice to be homeless. Um, do are your services beneficial to them or. Um, I can't um, really say because the ones that we've seen, we've seen them once or twice and they don't, you know, they, they don't come around really. Um, but I mean, you know, we're still there for them. Um, the ones that I do run into quite often, I always say, hey, I'm here. Um, let me know. Um, I always give them my information. I give them a pass on my card. Um, I'm like, hey, when you want to settle down or, you know, you need help, just give me a call. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing you can really do. Um, so I don't just discard them you know, put them aside. I, I still talk to them. I still try to help them. And then I just focus on the ones that do want help, that want to get back, that want to be part of society, to be an active, active member of society again, that do want to get help. Um, we, we, you mentioned, you mentioned some, um, you, you, you tell people they can get help. They can ask mm -hmm. for help, but let's be honest. Unfortunately, a lot of 
people, especially men, have a problem asking for help. So how big a factor do you think pride is? Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I'm talking from, you know, experience. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, just being, um, you know, myself, uh, three times in my childhood, I can remember being homeless because, um, and I'm just going to, it was just a pride factor of, you know, my stepfather. He didn't want to ask for help. He felt that he can get his family out of that situation. Um, so pride is a, um, it's, it's pride. Um, some people feel ashamed, you know, it's a lot of different factors, but pride is definitely a big, a big part of it. Oh, you, you said yourself, you were home. You said you were homeless three times. Yeah. As a, yeah. As a child, um, when I was in third grade, when I was in, uh, well, no second, fourth and fifth grade. I don't know if you could remember, but what kind of toll did it take on you personally? Um, back then, like when the second grade, I really didn't realize, you know, I didn't feel I was homeless, even though uh, me, my mom, my sisters were staying in a homeless shelter while my stepfather slept in a car, you know, he slept in a car. Um, it didn't, um, so at that point, at that age, I really, you know, I thought we was good, um, for, I mean, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was pretty cool, you know? Um, because I didn't have no chores and nothing to do because it's like, you know, me and my mom stayed in, like we had our own room and stuff, but we had to use like, you know, share the bathroom and the showers. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't kick into the fourth and the fifth grade. And which just kind of like, you know, from there, I kind of looked at things where I would never be in this situation. I would never put my family in this situation. So, um, I think at an early age, I learned how to live within my means instead of live within my wants. Because of because of your personal experience with home being homeless, do you feel that actually makes you even more passionate about what you do? Yes, it it, it I mean it's done it, it does. Um, you know, it's just like the last time we was um, we was homeless. Somebody actually lent a helping hand, and it's just like you know um, you hear it a lot do different like in interviews, or you might see it on like a news interview, or you might see it on a show or something, but um one when we that last time like i said when we got the help that we needed um my mom was like you know talk talk to the counselor how can i help you and she said you pay the um, way forward when you can lend a helping hand that's what you do and um you know after that my mom went back to school got her got her degrees and stuff and she became a homeless counselor and that's what she was doing when i was in my teenage years and stuff so Throughout from that time, I do um I was volunteering at homeless shelters, like you know, helping serving meals and stuff, going to my mom where she worked at, helping there, run like, you know, the um the programs for the young kids. So yes, um, that's why I have a passion because I know what it's like. And it's is it, you know, it's not a good feeling. The 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 um the the fraternity you belong to, is it one hundred percent military? Yes. So it's everybody, um, it's all branches from the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, um, people that served, people that are currently serving, um, and retirees. Um, as long as you got an honorable, um, um, long as you got a honorable discharge, you're eligible, you're you're eligible to apply and join. Okay. You, you, oh, you have oh, you have to have a honorable discharge. Yes. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to lie. I know, um, you know, I know there's different type of discharge, like other than honorable. But, um, 
you know, I'm just going to be on the safe side and say, I know for a fact with um, an honorable discharge, either ETS or retired, you got to you got to be on the status of honorable um, discharge. Has anyone ever said the reason for that or? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I have. I never asked. I just like you know. This is one of the things. I'm like you know. That's um. That's the rules. Um. But um. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't know if anybody ever applied that was on uh, other than honorable. I would have to you know check find that, okay. and, you know, go back and do my research on that. But I know there's no one in with a dishonorable discharge. Well, dishonorable. They got a felony, so <laughs> yeah, they did something. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they they totally, you know, a bad person because things happen. But yeah, they they probably not really looking to help the community much. So, but yeah. to be fair, after they've been reformed, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're all military, does that make it? easier to join a fraternity because like you all have like a, a a really important common bond like you're all protectors of the country you've all like that was your common goal to protect and serve so does that make it easier to belong to a fraternity of brothers that y'all all experience this I, I would say i would say yes but then also say it depends on the individual um i would use myself as example um um, when I was in college many, many, many years ago, um, myself and a couple of my teammates, we tried to pledge a D9. Um, at that time, we pledged the D9. We didn't know they were suspended. So we went through like nine weeks of, of hard, um, hardship just to um, come to the end to find out that we wouldn't be recognized if we crossed because that chapter was suspended. Um, so that turned me off of fraternities um, for quite some time. Um, you can even save fraternity around me for years. So um, I would say like, you know, when, you know, me, the opportunity for me beta five came around, I was a little bit older and kind of open to it, but then yes, it was the bond. And I looked at the veterans that was already in it, the veterans that was joining retirees, ones that served, I was getting ready for retirement myself. So it was like something I felt um, like, you know, um, 20 years of doing, there was a lot of uncertainty, but there was a lot of like mentorship there. Like, you know, when I joined and after I joined that helped me through my retirement. Cause like um, people, like you said, going through the same thing, that bond deployments or serving, picking up and have to move, um, just different, you know, different aspects of being the military that a lot of people don't know about. So for me, yes. Um, you know, it, it, it did help because, um, at the time I joined, I was getting ready for a big transition in my life, leaving, um retiring from the army what year did you join i joined in 2000 um i joined at the age of 24 i was a little bit older than everybody in my basic training ait class um i joined and just to be to be honest um football um nfl wasn't knocking at my door and i wasn't going to the olympics no time soon for track and field so i had to um you know find something else or you know i had to do something to regroup and the army was the best decision. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, they're going to give me a place to stay. I'm going to have a consistent paycheck. Four years for me to sign up for four years. It's going to give me time to sit back and think what now that sports, my, my sports career is coming to an end. What am I going to do? And 
four years became eight, eight became 10, 10 became 15. <laughs> 2020, I retired. <laughs> what, uh, what sport did you play? Um, I played football. Um, you know, um, I started off at tight end, but then got moved to defense, um, kind of moved around. Um, they wanted me at linebacker defensive end, but with my built and my height, I was more of a strong, um, strong safety and just came up to the line, you know, come up to play the linebacker position. And then um, I ran track. Um, I was track and field. Um, the open 400, 800, and occasionally I do, you know, I do the mile for a workout. Were you were you nervous once you like? Did you have any fear about what was next after you realized your playing career was over? Yes, um, I did because you know I um, back then my pride was I'm out on my own, I'm doing it, but I had a great support system with my mom and my aunts um, supporting me. Um, you know, paying for me to go to different places for workouts um for a different track me trying to do it on my own um for a brief minute once I was done with college but um when I joined the army the fear was still there but it was kind of like a safety net because I had like I said I had four years to figure out what I was, I was going to do next um and it kind of my sports career kind of did not end there because um you know being in the military being in the army I ran for the installation track team um football kind of died died down i did play flag football for the installation um team as well but i think it helped with the smooth transition to be like okay sports is done for me what can i do next for sports so i kind of got into coaching to kind of help veer you know the next generation hey don't make the mistakes i made when your coach say do this do that and that type of stuff so what was your first duty station my first duty station was Korea back in from the end of 2000. I got there right before Christmas to 2001. I was um I was a combat engineer at that time at Camp Edwards in Korea. Um one stop from Gary Owens, not that far from um what's that? Um the DMZ line. So, that was my first duty station. What was it like for you going from America to now living in South Korea? Total culture shock. Um, first time b- being away from home to where I couldn't hop on a plane and bus and just go home. So the first, I ain't gonna lie, 90 days, I was homesick. Mm. Um, you know, and like I said, pride, I said earlier, pride, you know, pride plays a lot into it. I ain't gonna lie. I was a grown man, 24, 25, call my mom, call my mom crying. Like I made a mistake. Um, write somebody, get me up out of here. But it, you know, at um, I had some good friends. My first roommate, um, Kenneth Wright, you know, he was like, hey, bro, we all go through it. Um, you're going to see you made um, made the right decision. By the end of that first, that one-year tour, I was ready to PCS. I was ready to go to my next duty station. I was ready, you know, it, it, it meddled out. But um, I was always that guy because I grew up in Oakland, California. I was, I'm, I'm from Oakland, California, born, raised, grew up there. You know, and I was, you know, I ain't never leaving Oakland. I ain't never leaving here. I'm going to put money back up in here. I'm going to build Oakland up to where it needs to be at. So even though I, um, when I went to college, I went to Sacramento State, which is an hour up the road from Oakland, um, you know, just leaving like that, you know, first duty, not even the states overseas, um, kind of like, you know, it was, it was a shell shock. 
And then I turned around um, from where I was at. I was able to pick my next duty station. Um, and I got married while I was over there to another service member. And we went to Germany. So came back to the States for 30 days. And I was gone for four years over to Germany, Vilsack, Germany. Mm. How how has that ex- how did that experience help you develop as a man? Because you you say yourself you wasn't leaving Oakland like that, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't what you wanted to do. And you went from not only leaving Oakland, you left the country. So for me as a man, it helped me grow up. Um, it, you know, it, it helped me grow up a lot. Um, number one, even though coming up, um, based on my teenage years, my mom would send me to stay with one of my uncles during the summer. But that was a com- you know, that's that's family, that's comfortable. Um, it helped me realize um outside of that there's more things than cal there's there's more to the world than oakland california and for me to actually be able to grow to be and for me to from how i grown to the person the man i am today i had to get i had to see you know a different way of life that's how i help um different cultures um you know experience different things that i um i'm not gonna lie wasn't from the army i probably would not have experience Mm. damn wow yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a it's definitely a different ride. <laughs> I mean, I I have to joke a lot and say, um, you know, it's like when I went home on leave, I said you can't tell me nothing until you had a Big Mac in a different country, mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I was like, you know, uh, what's that movie uh, on Pulp Fiction? I was like, you know, um. I know what John DeVolta is talking about now. It's not a quarter pounder. Mm. <laughs> it's the Royale. So, <laughs> so yeah, man, it, it's a different experience, which I really, really, really enjoy. It opened my mind a lot, and I started seeing stuff from a different point of view. Now, I'm going I'm to transition back to the fraternity. Mm. How, did you, how did you make the decision to actually join the fraternity? So I was um, when I first heard about the fraternity, I was stationed at Fort Belvoir. Um, I was actually coaching um, Pop Warner football. One of the parents was getting ready to go. He was getting ready to go to the process of it. He asked about it. He he asked me, he said, have I ever heard of a military fraternity, which I have. But I was like, you know, from what I seen, it was like, you know, the party thing. So he said, well, I'm about to go through the process. I'll let you know. And then I'll come back, you know, to you. I said, okay, whatever, you know, cool. So when he came back the second time, he was telling me about the experience he had, the guys he met. And like I said, I still had, even though I was kind of open to it, I was still had like, you know, my doubts because what happened to me in college. So I went to an informational um, at um, Boeing Air Force Base, um, went there. I got caught in traffic, but the president of the chap of Royal Court Zeta at the time, they was done with it, but he was like, hey, you interested? I'll sit here and go through the whole building with you again. And sat down, told me what it was about, you know, helping the homeless, um, you know, building the community, helping the homeless, the homeless veterans. He went to the whole spill and, you know, he took a whole hour. He didn't have to do that. So I'll say, OK. And so that's what sold me right then and there. Do you think it, you, you ever think about what would have happened if you would have actually been on time and got a regular presentation? <laughs> um. No, not really. But I think if I did show up on time, the way he presented it, I don't think it would have been the way it was because it was like a one on one with, you know, with me. But I think, um, you know, just the information put out and how he briefs is it would have been some similarity. So I'm I, I'm pretty sure I probably still would have joined. I'm going to tell you why I asked that, because 
you was already so apprehensive about it. And you, but because you actually got a one-on-one with him, like you got like, you got a chance to actually like any, any question or concern you had, you could, you could just voice it right then, right there. You didn't have to wait to not like raise your hand, get acknowledged and stuff yeah. like that. And even when and some people, even in a group setting, it's like, okay, I got a question, but do I really want to raise my hand? Like maybe people trying to get out of here because it's all we say we're only going to be here an hour. So that's why I asked you that. Okay. Yeah. And, and when I will back up a little bit, um, like I said, it, the, the briefing was at Boeing Air Force Base. With um, for me, I live up in by Aberdeen, Proving Ground. I live in Harvard Grace, so that was already an hour and a half drive for me. So um, I was curious, and I did have an interest about you know to hear more before I just signed it off. Be like, no, nah, I'm not interested. So um, I think with me traveling that far down, um, and especially in traffic on a Saturday. Um, and with him doing like, you know, the one-on-one, yeah, that, yeah, the one-on-one, you know, that was the icing on the cake for me. I joined, um, I decided to sign up and join, but, um, I think like, like I said, I think I probably would have joined too. Cause just the fact that I drove down and I was interested and if his brief was somewhat like it was on the one-on-one with the information, how he presented the information, it probably would have been like, okay. And then, um, some of the guys that showed up for the brief, um, I think, when I found out later, one or two of them that was um went through the process with me was at that briefing. And we're good friends to this, you know, we're good friends to this. Um, we're still good friends. We're line brothers or LB. So I think I would have uh, went ahead and joined. Okay. Now, does the fraternity only deal with homelessness or you all tackle other issues in the community as well? well we we tackle other issues in the um, you know, the community, you know, as well. Um you know, like I said, we do have a mentor program where we mentor like, you know, the young males in like, you know, the youth, the young male, um, the youth in the community. But we also tag. Um, we also team up since we just did with the young males. We team up. We team up with some of the um, military um, sorority females, you know, the sororities out there, too, because they have their own program for the young, the young lady. So we deal with that. Um, we try to teach them, like, you know, when we're mentoring them or we're checking up on them, we sit down and talk with them. We try to um, teach them, um, you know, how to, you know, talk their problems out instead of, you know, resorting to, you know, violence. Um, you know, just simply like, you know, we start with the basic stuff like, you know, you know, you know, shivery open, open the door for a female, you know, um, like um, one school we work with. I tell them all the time, open, open the door for my daughter, her mom, my mom, my sisters, a female co-worker. You know, that type of, you know, you know, be a gentleman, be polite, never be disrespectful when you're, you're being um, talked to by someone that's your senior. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, um, um, you know, no, ma'am. Miss, Mr. Um, when it comes to a female, if you don't know she married, if she made, if, um, you know, she you don't know, it's always, I say, I always go with Mrs. before Miss. I let them let me know which, you know, which term to use. So different types of, um, you know, different type of stuff like, you know, life skills, I would say, um, you know, to help them out. But we do diff- um, we do tackle different um, um, situate issues within the community. Um, we we partner up with Volunteers of America. Um, my chapter par- um, partner up with Volunteers of America out this way. We're getting ready for a backpack drive for school supplies and stuff. And then um, the one thing that we do at the Capital Kings out in this area, we adopt a family through them during the holidays, providing 
Thanksgiving meal, Christmas meal, and the Christmas list. And we've been doing that for the past four years. And, um, you know, we reach out, you know, different organizations, um, the guys, my brothers within the chapter, they participate and we pretty much get close to everything, um, you know, that's on that Christmas list. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of um, happy about that because I feel every, you know, every child should have at least one Christmas, one Christmas gift mm-hmm. under the tree. Because you all are military men, um, with that, there becomes there comes a certain demeanor where you carry yourself. Like, do you do you find that that garners more respect with the youth and other people as you as y'all begin to interact with them? Um, yes. Um, yeah, yes, I do feel that that does help a lot because, um, you know, with me, with the, um, the MOSs I had while I served, it's like, you know, I learned how to read, you know, it's kind of like learning how to read a crowd and how to present yourself and set the tone, you know, early. Um, you know, I, I look at it as like, you know, we're, we're not there to, um, you know, to demean the children, like to put them down, but we also there to like, you know, provide, you know, help them provide guidance, um, help them to teach, um, teach them about accountability. So just how, like you said, our demeanor, our tone, um, you know, we set the tone right, you know, right, right, right off the back. And it's not like, you know, no, nothing like being a bully, anything like that. It's just like, Hey, you know, this is how it is. And if you want to be part of this, this is what we are expecting for you. So we put the accountability on them. If it's, you know, doing good in school, your mother or father or your um, garden, you know, whoever um, parental figure is should not be contacting our um, our coordinator for the program um, saying that he won't be attending because of A, B and C. Mm. So we put, a, you know, we set the tone to help put the accountability on them and to show this is what we hear and this is how this can benefit you. And if you want to be a part of it. This is what you need to do. Unfortunately, for for some of the the young, for the community you deal with, um, you may be the first example of a man of a leader that they see. Have you have you ever come across stories where you guys helped somebody in the community, and once you became a like once y'all became ingrained in the community, like some of those young men actually grow up and end up joining the military because of what they seen from y'all. Um. We had, I think we probably had one when I first joined. Um, I had just recently became the VP when I first joined, and this kid was sim already, you know, um, senior year, didn't know which way to go, didn't have no guidance with um financial aid and none of that. So things was kind of late. So I recommended, you know, um, he was part um I think it's it's like a military uh, a marine group um uh, for the youth. He was part of that, he joined the Marines. I think I heard from him once or twice, but he was saying that um, it was because of me and a couple of the brothers that was there doing a volunteer event. We was the icing on the cake that got him to join. But that's, you know, that was about four years ago. Um, And I think I only heard from like, you know, once or twice after that. But uh, right now what we're doing is I'm kind of revamped. Um, Next year, one of my current VP, he works at – at one of the high schools in, uh, he just started, he re- recently retired. He just started working at one of the high schools in um, Baltimore and he's part, um, he's an instructor at RMCC program. So we're working this summer to set up like, you know, set up to work with those kids. And then um, we're adopting two elementary schools as well over the summer. So when the fall starts, we're ingrained into the school. 
And, you know, so we could bring them, like you said, from the point from when they start the program to the end, if they go to college, trade school, or they decide to join the military to, um, to kind of get that, like, you know, that, um, that circle going. So when they do come back, it's kind of, if it wasn't for the men of Royal Corsair, me beta Phi, this, you know, you know, providing me that guidance, it could have been a little bit different from me if, uh, if they wasn't there. We know, um, we know, you know, yes, we, we all want to help the community and do great things, but it does cost money. It takes resources. Um, how do you all accumulate resources that, you know, to give back to the community? We do um, fundraisers. Um, one fundraiser we did, um, it was our third um, annual this year. We just did it this past Friday. Um, we do um, a golf tournament every year to help raise money. Um, we also work with the Washington Commanders. Um, we work with inside the stadium during the football season. Um, they donate um, for each person. They don't donate some money for each person we provide to help. We work in the, um, we help in the owner suites. So we kind of watch over the, um, we work with levy restaurants. They have a contract within the stadium and with the Redskins. And what they do is um, we work in the owner suites and we just make sure that, oh, excuse me, but we just make sure that um, the food is, is stayed like in owner suite. They, you know, they got the nice, everything laid out. We make sure the food stay, you know, full um, until, until it runs out. And we work with the high school kids there. So we're just making sure like, you know, they're the runners. We're making sure we're just walking around, making sure everything is good. Um, we did work with the um, Baltimore Ravens. It just came a little, um, but we was working in the concession stand with them. It just came a little bit um, too much. Um, you know, mission first, as always, as you taught in the military, but sometimes like, you know, the fans just get a little bit too rowdy and I didn't want to put my guys through that, you know, again. Um, but um, fundraisers, um, food drives, different type of stuff. Um, we we are in the process, um, process of doing Grant Watch trying to get a couple of grants and donations. But so far, that's what we're doing right now until we get something solid of um, funds constantly coming in. How proud are you of the work that you all are doing in the community? Um, I'm, you know, personally, I'm very proud. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a learning, it, you know, it's a learning experience. Um, like I said, with us being, you know, new, um, you know, only organization overall six years old, um, just like learn a different process, like, you know, how to build that foundation. So the little that we do do, um, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. Um, we also work along with the American legions and the VFWs in the, you know, in the community. Um, you know, a lot of them are older and they look for like, I would say the youth, young, younger people to come in to help them run it. Cause they want to be back in the community. So it's just like, you know, right now I'm, I'm proud of the direction that, you know, we're going, um, it is volunteer. And I think, you know, that's what kind of makes it some somewhat hard um, with me being a president. It's a lot, you know, it's, it's time. It is time consuming. Um, but throughout the years, I learned good time management. Um, my family is supportive of it. Um, they, they support me, uh, what I do with the, um, um, with the organization. All they ask, I put stuff on the counter when I got an event. So they're trying to plan something. It don't clash what I got going on. And when I, you know, when it's family time, I, spend time with the family, um, handle my other responsibility when it's frat time, uh, when it's time for me to do stuff with the fraternity, I do it like that. And, you know, we do do events where we bring the families out so the families can intermingle, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing. 
I'm I'm very proud. I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm gonna close on a personal question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could, if somebody would have told you that you would be exactly where you are today, if they had told you at the moment you realized your career playing sports was over, how would you have felt? Mm, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I probably would have like, okay, I went and blew them off, but you know, I don't think that. Um, I don't think I would have been a hundred percent in on what they was um what they was um saying but then i know i would have thought about it because at that point i thought i was going to be like you know moving back to oakland like everybody else just working you know working a decent job and being um and you know just being content what i had so i I don't know how i would have had took that at that point because like you know it you know all the years of what i put in for the sports um for uh, and it was ending like it was ending it was just like you know me just going you know just going through the motions on that one so it's kind of hard to say I like I said I went ahead doubted it but I don't know if I would have accepted either okay well listen I want to take the time to thank you for doing this podcast and also also thank you for your service uh what 20 20 years 20 how many years yeah 20 yeah 20 years Um, yeah 20 years and six months so and you made sure made sure not to do too much, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just want to put that little extra. Guy. I didn't want them coming back talking about, oh, wait a minute, we miscalculated your day. No, so. <laughs> I, made, but, I, but sure if, I, had, I had a little bit of extra on there. So, but, <laughs> but seriously, I really do appreciate uh, your service to this country, man. Your honor, your dedication for that. So, thank you, and also thank you for reaching back to the community because I'm in the DMV and I see, you know the homeless problem that we have. So I really appreciate you personally taking it upon yourself to help eradicate that problem. Hey, thank you. That, that means a lot, man. And um, like, you know, I would definitely be keeping in, you know, con- contact with you, man. Um, I still, I definitely be rocking, um, rocking with you, with your shows. And I will be seeing, if you just want to come out, check out the guys, see what we do. You definitely got an invitation. I will be sending you our events as well, man. I definitely will. I definitely will. Um, you are doing great work and you all need to be supported. So I'll make sure to do my part. Okay. Before we end, tell the people like how they could, like maybe there's a website, maybe there's a page or something that they could go to because maybe the listeners want to support. Yeah. So um, if you want, if, if you want to go, if you want to check us out, you can go to, um, you can go to the overall website, which is um, MBP. HI Kings 2017.org and it take you to the overall website of um Mu Beta Phi and it'll show you all the different chapters, locations where um where we're actually at. And you know, if they want more information or they want somebody to contact um there's a spot if they want somebody to contact them back, um they can. And um, you know, just go from there. Um you can see the different things that um um that we do. Um for our own, you know, for our own personal, um, you know, um, chapter for um, Royal Court um, Zeta chapter, I had to like, you know, our website is kind of under review right now, not under review, but under construction right now, but you can still access to it. Um, and if you want for like the Capital King, you can go there is um, mbprcz.com. 
And from there, you can get to, you know, our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and you can also get to the main, you know, the overall organization website from there as well. Okay. Well, again, I really appreciate your time and I wish you all the best moving forward. Hey, thank you for having me today. Thank you for giving up your um, your free Monday to do this. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I want to take this time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lant. My Facebook is also conversations with Lant. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.